Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Louis D'Souza. Today is Monday. Happy Monday, April the 8th, 2019. It's 8 a.m. in New York. It's 5 a.m. in Los Angeles. It's 1 p.m. in London and Sydney, Australia. It's around 12 midnight. Wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today. Your daily dose of happy, and we're off to a rainy start here in New England. What, what's happening in England? Are, are you on a, a happier weather note than we are? <laughs> Just looking out the window. <laughs> Just looking out the window, okay. I haven't looked out of the window yet. Oh my god, there's something out um, there. <laughs> guess what? It's overcast in London. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. All right. Well, weather-wise, we might not have the ideal weather that we like to have in order to feel good, but... Fortunately, we're not limited to those options. We were just talking about that, how people like to limit other people's yeah. options and how uh, people actually allow their own options to be limited. And I love the answer you gave me at, at one point. We're kind of, you know, bantering and just having fun and so forth. But you made a, a good point about how, you know, I, I really don't want to pick those two options, those two negative options you gave me. I'd like to have a third one, please. That's, that's something that is kind of a skill I think we need to develop more as human beings. Uh, I was in the sauna again the other day, and somebody was saying, you know, this option or that option, and I was saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> there are more options than that. <laughs> there are more options than that. So many people want no, to limit other people that way, which is, that, that, I guess it's energy stealing, isn't it? That's kind of like, uh, I, I can't feel good unless I can make you feel miserable, so I'll make you feel miserable by giving you two choices that you don't like. Uh, but in all that, the law of attraction teaches... Yes. Don't leave us hanging. <laughs> Tell us the rest of the sentence. <laughs> the suspense is building, drum roll. <laughs> music playing in the background, spooky music. <laughs> Nothing can happen to anybody except if till they allow it. Oh, no. Have it help. <laughs> it's a funny thing. That's true. It's very true. So we are here to practice our deliberate creative techniques, which includes controlling where we, uh, what we react to and, and, and what we react to and how we react to it on any given occasion, and deciding what we prefer and what we don't prefer. And toward that end, this is once again a live stream where we get to take Q&A from the audience or where we get to bring up our own questions and topics to discuss. We can go either way on that. So if you're listening to the live stream, feel free to jump right in. Give us uh, your own uh, questions or, or topics that you want us to address, and we'll be glad to do so. And in the meantime, we'll just kind of get started with our own stuff until uh, we start to see more uh, comments. I see uh, at least one person saying hello. Hello, Asha. Uh, Asha's a name I don't recognize, so thank you for joining us. Glad to see you here. But uh, Yeah, welcome. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. I'm so just let's see. finding myself on the mobile so we can see the comments. <laughs> yes, right. That's what I was just doing. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, I didn't get the screen up. Oh, no. It's the beginning of the podcast. That's okay. So there, now we're all hooked in. Uh, so let's see. What do we talk about today? Uh, I always ask about what's going on on the weekend, but that gets dull after a while. So we need something new, something exciting to talk about. You know what? Here, here's an interesting topic. You mentioned that it's kind of gray there in, in London. Uh, it's, it's kind of gray and rainy here in New England. Why don't we talk about what to do when your usual thing that you try to reach for to feel better isn't working? What, what, what's your alternative? Do you have a backup plan? Where do you go to if, if your first attempt doesn't work? I get somebody to tickle me. <laughs> that's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's good. <laughs> See, it works well, doesn't it? It works beautifully, yeah. <laughs> Backup plan, my little three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> well, plus, that, that's a great Works age. like a charm. I mean, kids when they're that age, they're so full of energy. They're, they're so enthusiastic. Totally, you know, totally. you know, I mean, you're, you're actually dealing with what some parents would say is the best age. The, you know, the, the, the pre-kindergarten, pre pre-school you know, pre well, The terrible type. twos are past. <laughs> the terrible twos. Uh, have you ever figured out why they're called the terrible twos? I, I have a theory, but I don't really know. Not, I, I have not no idea children. because I never experienced any terrible twos. So yeah, I didn't quite I understand just it. Say people have made it up and some people may manifest it because it's they're told they're going to have a terrible time of twos. The only th <laughs> thing I can think of is uh, the kids are usually walking um, within their first year or so. So by two, now they're into everything. And maybe that's why yeah. they figure it's the terrible twos. But that, that just depends on how you look at it, really. 
I mean, you can look at it like, oh, God, they're into everything, or, oh, look how exploratory they are. They're really doing well. This is great. <laughs> Just depends how you look yeah. at it. <laughs> Perspective, as Richard Bach says, use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's wonderful. so cool, lad, once you get it. You know, you you can you can choose where you want to go, where you, what you want to think. So, somebody said to me, "You can choose your next thought," and it's one of the best ideas anybody ever put in my head because mm. I believe it's so true. You can choose what you next want to think. You can choose you're still in shit street, or you can choose that you're uh, high. You know, that something better is happening, and you can focus on it. So mm-hmm. you, you can just choose it, and if you can choose it, you can um, run with it. For me, the biggest thing was learning not so much that I could choose my thought. I, I was actually pretty good at that. For me, it was learning to believe that I could choose my own feeling. That's the one that I thought I had no control over at first. In fact, for many, many years, I thought I had no control over. And then when I did an experiment after uh, learning about law of attraction to see if I really could influence and control my emotions and, and pick a, an emotion different from what the circumstance would normally uh, drive me to do and found that I could do it, it was eye-opening. It was like, wow, where have I been all these years? <laughs> I mean, you can actually do this? <laughs> Holy cow. And it wasn't, a big, it wasn't like I made this big shift. It was, it was a little, little tiny shift, you know, because I was so ingrained into the idea of, well, you know, I am always dependent upon what the current circumstance is for what I'm going to be feeling about something. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and I had that habit so deeply ingrained that when I finally moved the needle, it, it moved about that much about a millimeter that's all it was but it was enough because i didn't but, think but i didn't well, think it was possible <laughs> until then <laughs> well i've got a question for you you said you okay. can now control your feelings now what 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 helps you control your feelings well thoughts certainly are a big uh-huh. part of that um but even more than that it's about selecting a different uh, so selecting a perspective that is not what I would typically have selected. See, the thing is, when you get into that pattern where you feel like you can't control your emotions, law of attraction delivers to you a pattern where you can't control your emotions. And you just that becomes a self-reinforcing thing. So over time, you just every time that something happens, you have a a default response. It's like it's okay. This thing happens, I, and and it's generally considered to be bad. So I will feel that it's bad, and therefore it is bad, and I will enjoy it as bad. Which sounds really strange to say, but that's really mm-hmm. what we would do, you know. Um, and and so when you have that pattern going, you kind of get locked into it. Then when you finally do something, and in my case, it was simply going out and enjoying some nature in a particular way that my wife recommended. Um, when I was doing that and found that I could, I could move my emotion, what I was really doing was, sim- was, was simply looking at nature in a new way, a mm. way that was different from the way I had looked at it before. So previously, I would this was on a, one of my nature walks, or you know, one of my walks through nature, I should say. Um, and I had I would usually just walk through and I'd kind of, yeah, there's trees, there's flowers, there's all that, there's, there's animals, there's other vegetation. But she was saying, go in and, and really look close. Look at the flowers up close. Look at you know the pistol and stamen. Mm. Look at you know look, look at the, the 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 shape of the leaves. Look at the way the trees are shaped. Look what's happening with them in the wind and all that. Look at the blueness <clears> of the <throat> sky and the sun and all that kind of stuff. And when I did that, I felt differently about it, and that's what surprised mm. me. So what did I do? It's not like I I yes I did think different thoughts, but I was used to thinking different thoughts. It was thinking different thoughts that I selected that would have a different perspective that would lead to a different emotion. That's what was new. Yeah. So there's my long-winded answer to your very short question. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what I was really trying to point out with that short question was that you control your, th- your emotions with your thoughts. Directly, that's true, yes. But bear in mind, like I was saying, I had a history of being able to select thoughts, but within the realm of as long as they don't shift the emotion. As long as they don't shift the emotion. Yeah. I, I, in other words, it was part of that pattern I was describing where I, right. I, you know, I, I was always allowed to have any thought that I chose within the range of here's what the typical emotion to this situation should be. So I can think about that any way I want to as long as it comes out with that result. Now, this was not like a deliberate program I put into my subconscious mind. It's just that's what I had developed over time by default, by you know not thinking about it. 
but that's the way it had manifested. It had come out because I was good at coming up. I could come up with all kinds of stuff. I was, my mind was creating all kinds of interesting things. I just wouldn't allow myself to feel the good things if I was in a bad uh-huh. situation or a situation that's considered bad. I was very dependent upon how other people see a situation. Does that explain it? Yeah, you handed your power over to other people. Yes. Yes. He said, "Yeah, I want you to manipulate me." <laughs> <laughs> Boy, was I a sick puppy. <laughs> uh, we've all done it. We've all been there. We've got that T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. So, I mean, that that was Some, my big somebody thing. was saying to me on an online game I was playing. I was saying, "You broke my heart." Hmm. First, my first reaction was, don't give me so much power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> my next reaction was, uh, I'm the last person you should, you know, you should allow your heart to be broken by. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, there's all kinds of possible situations she there. Said, you know, if you want to know more, we can chat about it later. I said, no, I really don't want to talk about it at all. <laughs> uh. um, you know, you're just... Somebody I vaguely know on a computer game. <laughs> not not particularly interested in why you perceive I broke your heart. It's this, not my problem. <laughs> the, 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 this is where it gets really interesting because that's where <clears throat> you have somebody who I recognize that pattern. They're, they're in a pattern where literally they give all of their emotional pow- power to everybody else, like you were saying. And in so doing, they deny themselves even having the ability to control their own emotions, to decide what they're going to feel, to you know, decide whether or not they're going to feel brokenhearted or they're going to feel stronger or whatever else it's going to, they're, they're going to feel out of a situation. No, no, no. It's got to be somebody else. It's got to be somebody else who makes me feel that way. It can't be me. That's where I was at. I, I, and so I know that emotion well. It's, a, it's an emotion of, of helplessness. I mean, it is truly a helpless well, situation to, to, to feel. What it is is, is you're now giving your happiness over to an external influence. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, you know, as long as you love me, as long as you stay with me, as long as you're doing this, that, or the other, or putting the toothpaste cap on or whatever it is, <clears throat> then, then, then I'm feeling good and then I'm happy. But when you stop doing that, when you stop pulling your full attention on me, when you stop uh, giving me all these things, then I'm going to feel bad. Yes. And I want you to behave in a different way so that I can feel good. Not, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. If, if and the people that play that game, it's a roller coaster ride. You're up one day. Oh you're down God, the other. yes. And if you're listening to this, you understand that. You're up one day, you're down the other. You're up mm-hmm. when they say this or do this, and you're down when they say the other thing, something else. So. What you're doing is you're handing your power over to an external influence. Right. Somebody was saying to me, so I mustn't care about anything. I said, yes, you must care intently about how you feel mm. in relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. Because when you're in balance, things can go up and down, up and down, but you can be in ecstasy all the time. Mm. It doesn't matter because you can be so centered and centered is your relationship between you and you. You can become so centered that the entire storm can be playing around outside you. And that's what a master does. You often talk about the master's always so calm, etc. cetera. Right. What they is, is, is they're not interested in all the other people's stuff that's going up and down because they're just listening to the emotions. Does this feel good? Does this not feel good? Doesn't feel good. Turn around, go the other way. Think another thought. Mm-hmm. And they've got this great di- dialogue going on between themselves. And it's going on and on and on. And they're doing that so often that they seem not to have any problems. But they are. They're still feeling that negative emotion with this thought and all the rest of it. They're still going through the contrast. But from an external perspective, you'll say, my God, that guy's really calm. It's really centered. doesn't matter mm. what happens in his life. Mm. still more dull. Well, I must use the, the female as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <clears throat> it, it, it became weird because as I started understanding this more and more and more, um, about and working with your higher self, I started not so much relating to my sex anymore. What do you mean by that? Me, to, to, I'm, I'm a male. I was born a male on this planet in this universe. Okay, but I don't feel male anymore. I feel more like a source energy which doesn't really have a sex or a gender more than I feel a male. So, so what, what I got, I got to ask you a question because I've wondered the answer to this question for a long time. And that is, what does it feel like to feel male? 
<laughs> I've tried to figure that one out for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I struggle with that one too. <laughs> Although when I do see that real masculine energy coming out in an individual, I do, I do admire it. I really do. Um, and I can understand why a woman would admire that real masculine type energy as well. Not necessarily egotistical ma- masculine, but just genuinely masculine, nicely masculine. Um, and I, th- I think that's gorgeous. I think it's really, really nice when you do see that. But, but give me an <clears> example <throat> of that, because I'm not even sure what you're talking about, to be honest. Hmm. Well, it's somebody who is more in tune with their masculinity, their maleness, but is also has alignment. Okay. Okay. So I seem to have lost a bit of my masculinity in going into alignment. I'm not so sure about it. And this is why I raised the question because I like, for instance, I can think of a guy I knew. I was actually best man at his wedding. This guy was a major player, just a major, major player. This guy would, would play women like crazy. And he was very confident. He is what, I mean, I I can kind of recognize what is often described as being masculine. He was very masculine in that sense. Mm. Okay? Okay. But when I look at it more closely, the guy was really insecure, mm-hmm. not about women, but about himself. Of course, yes. And that's why I ask, well, what is masculinity? Because, well, wait a minute. We first define masculinity in terms of having this this confidence. This, you know, I, I am I am an alignment. I I am I have this masculine thing going on here. And he was demonstrating all that, except that he really wasn't in alignment. In other words, it was an act. He acted as if he were in alignment, but he really wasn't. But he was in alignment when it came to certain subjects. Exactly. And that that's where it becomes, to, to me, a very difficult thing to, to define masculinity. On the one hand, he was masculine when it came to trying to bed women. On the other hand, when it came to anything else in his life, he was, I guess, I'd have to say non-masculine. So what's masculine? <laughs> And that's the part I'm having trouble defining. Is it all about you know, sex? Is that what masculine is? I don't think so. I don't think that no, even makes sense. Absolutely not. All right. I mean, a lot of women will definitely disagree with that. Maybe somebody can comment on it who's listening. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how, how, how would you define uh, masculinity, especially if it's a female? How, what, what was the traits you would be looking for um, <clears throat> in a guy that, that you would perceive as, as masculine? And, and also, if anybody wants to comment, would they even want somebody who's, who's really, a male who's really masculine? Is that, is, that, is that the desire? Is that what they're looking for? <clears throat> I know a lot of women would say yes. So, um, I mean, if I think about the – I don't know most of the, the stars these days, but the one star I do know about that would genuine, generally be considered a hunk is George Clooney. Most women react okay. very well to George Clooney, okay? Mm-hmm. So I look at George Clooney and – well, first of all, I don't see a whole lot of that pseudo-masculinity that we've been talking about with him. I see a little bit sometimes. Mm. Some of the roles he plays, he tends to do that, but I think it's playing the role. But I look at yeah, him, yeah, yeah. and I don't really see that so much. What I see instead, for the most part, is someone who is a confident person who is also male. And that, yeah. to me, is probably where real masculinity is. But what is that? What is it about that that makes that masculine? And I don't know what the answer is to that. I think that's where my confusion comes from. What what about that is masculine? Because if I look at it that way, then I would say I am masculine. I would say you are masculine. But we're just not typically masculine. We don't fit into the stereotype of masculinity. So what you find yourself doing is redefining words. Yeah. You start... Um, Saying, okay, masculine equals this for me, and I don't really care what it means to other people. And yeah. when you're talking yeah. to people, you start selling your idea of what masculinity is. So. <clears throat> well, Shelly's given us a definition. First, she says she loves a confident man. Then she says, uh, strong, good provider, good lover, fun, great dad, confident. Mm-hmm. Which I would agree with. That, that sounds right to me, except that that's not my friend Ron, who I knew many years ago. He was none of those things. But every woman I ever saw who came into the vicinity of the two of us when we were out talking or whatever would come up and, and hand them a piece of paper that had their phone around it. Mm-hmm. You see, the, the challenge I have, uh, Walt, is you see people 
So you're, you're putting an advert in because you want a partner, be it Tinder or whatever it is, okay? So you're saying, I'm looking for a confident man, somebody, what were the other comments there? Uh, strong, good provider, good lover, fun, great okay. dad. Okay, so good provider, good lover, etc. So <clears throat> you're, you're putting things out there which you perceive are going to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if you need those to make you feel better, what that means is you're not a vibrational match to that yet because you haven't raised yourself to that because if you did, you wouldn't need that. Okay. And the law of attraction would then bring the right partner to you. Mm -hmm. You see how it's all completely reversed, how the law of attraction works. So when you have got the confidence, when you got the money, when you got this, when you got that, then you'll attract a similar type person mm -hmm. because you don't need it anymore and you've got no resistance to getting it. Mm-hmm. Zip. So it's always interesting to me when somebody's looking for a partner and they put out these ads of these are the things that they want in a partner because what they're saying is they're going to make me feel good. And the problem with that is it's going to be a temporary roller coaster ride. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be quite unfulfilling. And then you get separation, divorce, blah, 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 um, and not staying for long. But none of that's necessarily a problem because – you're, you're growing through each experience. You're knowing what you don't want, have a great idea what you do want. Um, but it's really important to grasp that even if it's only mentally, if you haven't really got all the money, but you feel wealthy, you can attract the people easily. So it, it's all about getting your, your grid filled in thought-wise that you can attract the right money, job, power, friends, relationships, etc., and uh, it, it's really interesting because the universal law of attraction is exact. It'll bring the right people at the right time. Mm -hmm. And once you really focused on what you want, you have what people call miracles. My God, just phone me at the right time. My daughter just walked <laughs> in the door just now and took my little one away so that I could have, be on this call. You know, just the timing just mm -hmm. is going, dar, 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 dar. And they seem to be happy playing over there. And, and, and I'm... I didn't even worry about it. I knew something would happen. Mm -hmm. Something would work out. Mm -hmm. um, and, and everything works out. So you, you really, you kind of, in the beginning, you've got, you hear this nice thing, everything's always working out for you. If not, that's something better. Mm -hmm. And you said it to a few times and you're like, yeah, I'm not really sure about this. Mm -hmm. But when you start doing it year after year, you see the universal law of attraction react to it. Bring all these things, bring the timing. The timing is so key. Yeah. The timing and the clarity. So you come and you're like, wow, so simple, so clear. Mm -hmm. And you go, wow, wow, wow. I want more of that. I want more of that. Yeah, Everything's always working out for me, if not that, something better. Mm -hmm. And you start getting excited about it. And then you can see the vibration of that statement going up and up and up and up. And <clears throat> there are times when you're going to drop down again. A problem. Because now you've built up some residue Thoughts, which are vibrations with the universal law of attractions responding to that are much more on the positive side, even though you weren't there for all that long, and it's responding to that. So you're building up your bank of good vibrations, and good vibrations are nothing more than vibrations of what you want, and what you want is not necessarily good or bad. Mm. Okay. So you've got this bank of just wanted stuff, and, and that's why I, I really have a big challenge. I didn't... In the beginning, you know, you kind of taught, brought up a Catholic, there's good and bad, and there's good and evil, and all the rest of it. And as I, as you, as I grew older, and because I was an intense uh, kid trying to understand life, you kind of, good and bad vanish quite quickly along the, um, the journey. They really get splattered into a billion pieces, <laughs> and then you start seeing millions of shades of grey. Mm. And then you come to the law of attraction, and you start seeing wanted and unwanted. Yeah. Well, that's and true. And you say, oh my gosh, that contrast in your life is so simple. How did I not see it before? How mm -hmm. did I not know? Yeah, you know, I always knew about the universal law of attraction from quite a young age. Mm -hmm. But I had no idea of how it manifested in the human, in the physical. Um, and I know I've mentioned this before, but, you know, Without light, there's no darkness. Makes mm -hmm. complete sense. Without a valley, there's no mountain. Yeah. Makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I could understand in a theoretical world 
how the law of attraction works and how the duality of the physical universe works, but I never knew how it worked inside me. And when I started seeing wanted and unwanted, it was like, oh my gosh, and unwanted expands you to what you want. And that process is like, yeah, this is cool. Now I've got this big bank of what I want and I'm just milking it. Um, with greater clarity, of course, I just bump around like everybody else now and again. Um, and it, it, it really is a journey about building up that confidence, that vibration, the focus, mental focus on what you want and, and things and specifically timing and clarity. Those are the two things what I'm looking for. Everybody will be different. Um, timing and clarity to me are absolutely key. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's quite fun. You also mentioned to me, uh, because I talked about Valley and Mountain, you talked to me about, um, your wife suggesting that you look at the microcosm mm. in plants and right. et cetera. Right. And one of the things that after many, many years of hiking and camping from a young kid was the macrocosm is looking out over the mountain for miles and miles and miles and miles and seeing the rolling green hills or seeing the mist layer across the top of the valley from my bedroom window that completely covered the Barberton Valley in South Africa where I was brought up. Mm -hmm. And you literally felt you could walk out right across the valley to the other side oh, because it's nice. such a strong layer of cloud. Yeah, just yeah. there. <laughs> you literally just the cloud layer was just above, um, well, just on the grass, just outside your window. And you could kind of like start walking all the way across. It was mm -hmm. just amazing. Um, and... I, I, I love the distance. I could sit on top of a mountain and just look out over the, the view and just feel so at peace and so serene and so, ah, oh, <laughs> I can breathe again, take a deep breath. And uh, whenever you can take a deep breath, it means oh, something's going right. Yeah. Something's going right. Because, because that means you're, you're, you're literally in that moment, you're releasing all the stress you've been building up lately. And for that moment, it's now going yeah. away. And you were able to do that. That's yeah. the cool part. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's the Abram Hicks uh, statement where they say relief and release, mm. relief and release, relief and release. So it becomes yeah. very clear after a while what stresses you. So <clears throat> the only thing that constricts the chest so that you can't breathe clearly is negative thinking. Mm -hmm. Nothing else does it. That's true. Okay. The negative thinking, take the muscles because of the – negative emotion and all of the negative feeling you're getting from your higher self saying, don't think that, don't think that. I'm giving you negative feeling. Don't think that. It's not helping you. <laughs> then the muscles tighten up in the back and then your chest constricts and then you've got these very shallow breaths. And mm -hmm. I remember lying next to this girl um, when I was young and I was on the floor and she was on the bed and um, I was fast asleep and I woke up in the middle of the night and I looked at her. And I was watching her, and her face was towards me, and it looked like she wasn't breathing. I couldn't see or perceive any breath at all. I actually went and woke her up because I thought she was dead. Wow. <laughs> it was, so, so her breathing was so shallow, so incredibly shallow, and I'm very, very good at studying and understanding the body. And I couldn't perceive any, any breath whatsoever, mm. but she was obviously breathing incredibly slowly and very, very shallowly, but mm. you know, she was still breathing. But it, it, it's it's incredible, you know, that individual I've noticed as well, um, you know, has had a lot of thoughts which have caused challenges, which it's with most people. Um, and, and, you know, that, that restricts the chest. Now, have you ever noticed those aha moments? They are, oh, they open the chest. <laughs> there's, there's often a physical... Um, there's always almost, um, sometimes clearer, clearer, visible than others. A, your, your mind thoughts manifest physically. Mm -hmm. And that's why many people can read a body like a book. You know, there's many practitioners who, who can just look at you and say, oh, you got, I mean, I'm pretty good at doing that as well. You know, I've, many people have said, how the heck do you know that? How do you know that about me? How do you know I've got, um, 
asthma. I said, well, I had it for many years. I see the signs. How do you know I'm myopic and, 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 and wear you know, glasses? I said, well, I've been myopic for most of my life. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you can see things very, very clearly after a while once you, 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 you get into them. And, and those, those, there's a lot of healers out there that really know a huge range of different types of, of ailments, of how the thought, and this is why I like Louise Hay's book, manifests physically. Hmm. <clears throat> it's big stuff. Um, yeah. it, it is really good stuff. It's really, really good. Uh-huh. Because once you see that, you can start now start taking, say, Louise Hay's um, statements and then say them again and again to yourself to help relieve hmm. a more specific vibration. So in other words, you can make general ones like every everything and every every day in every way is getting better and better. Mm-hmm. If not that, something better. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but that's a very general statement. Yes, right. it would work. But as soon as you're going to a specific problem, you can take the opposite vibration and then do a specific um, what you don't want to what you want, which can help you more specifically with that ailment. Mm-hmm. Which I think Louise Hay's book is. You know, I've seen my sister as an example. She's completely changed her life, that one book. Oh, that's uh, fabulous. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. Uh, I want to go back to that friend of mine that I mentioned and, and just talk about something there. Because this is the guy who literally gave off this massive masculinity. Women were were practically lining up to go to bed with him. I mean, it was, it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen in my life. Uh, but the guy was a fraud because all that... That stuff he was putting out really wasn't there. He he had mastered the art of fake it till you make it without actually making it, <laughs> without actually getting there, without getting to that confident place. Uh, but but he, I, I would tend to disagree with you. Well, well, let me give you my evidence. Like I said, mm-hmm. I was I was best man at his wedding, and he married this girl. She was gorgeous. She was a wonderful person, and so forth. Um, and I know she was attracted to all of these perceived qualities of his, but. The marriage lasted six months. And this yeah. was not the first That's time. Not surprising. That was the way it was with every relationship with him. None of his relationships would ever last because all of these signals he was putting out were false signals. He, he actually had a very good job. He was, he was very good at earning money. He was just terrible at sharing any of it with his spouse or his girlfriend. <laughs> he was actually, you know, a, a confident man in some ways, but his confidence. Yeah expressed itself as disdain when he was actually involved with somebody. Um, what were some of the other, mm. uh, good lover? I don't know whether he was a good lover. I never asked about that. <laughs> he was, <laughs> he was not a great dad. He actually, uh, did get involved with a woman who had a, a kid that lasted about, uh, I think it was three weeks because he couldn't get along with a kid at all. Um, he, I, I guess he was physically strong. So I guess in that way he qualified, but literally he was putting out all these signals that were false signals. He had literally managed to become excellent at faking it, but he had never actually gotten to the point where it would become a part of him. He was always resisting the thing that he was trying to fake. And he did it mm-hmm. beautifully to the point where he could literally live the playboy life, but he couldn't get anything else out of life. And anybody who hooked up with him or who in any way tried to connect to him found that very quickly, all of it was a facade. It wasn't real. Now, Walt, I've got a question. Did he Was he really looking for a long-term relationship? Or did it just manifest? Nah, I, don't think he he really, kind of... I don't think he really cared that much. But, he put out, but the, the um, perspective, and I think this is the key word, the perspective that he gave to others, particularly to women, was, yes, he was looking for it. See, he was giving them all the right answers. He just wasn't, mm-hmm. he wasn't being honest about it. So there's a few things I perceive here. One is you said he put out all the the, the right signals. So mm-hmm. what what he was doing is he was verbally saying. And physically what, saying. What I mean, he, his, what, his what, body what, language what, was saying it. That he wanted a long-term relationship. He wanted a long-term relationship. He wanted to have the, the whole dream. He wanted to have all of it. And he didn't want to have any of it. And I think so, it was actually deliberate manipulation on his part, to be perfectly honest. I think he was doing it intentionally. Hmm. No, that, that's fair enough. Um, so w- when I look at anybody's life, no matter who it is or what it is or what they've done, I now just see it as somebody who wants to expand. Mm-hmm. And they're playing with their contrast. Yep. Okay. So I don't see him as good, bad, wrong, or indifferent. I now see no, him no, as I'm an not individual that. That, that, that is 
playing with these contrasts in the best way that they know how at the time. Mm-hmm. And what they were doing is they were putting out to the universe, I like, I, and, and, and they you're probably from the guys got a lot of support from the, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good at being a Casanova. Mm-hmm. So he probably got a lot of, you know, reinforcement from the guys. Oh, saying, oh that's tons. cool. You know, I wish I was you and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so he, he had a very active vibration there. Right. Which was going out and coming back, going out and coming back. Now, a long-term relationship didn't fit that stronger active vibration, even though he may have wanted a longer-term relationship. But I don't think he did. I, I think to, I think it was pretty clear no, he did he not. He didn't really. Yeah. But be, he, the manifestation proves he didn't. Well, plus also he said so. So I have some pretty good yeah. evidence. <laughs> yeah, that, that's good evidence. Too. It's that means good. he came to recognize it clearly. Himself. In fact, when he asked yeah. me to be the best man at his wedding, I was shocked. I said to him, you're getting married? Really? Yeah. <laughs> you probably had that quite often. <laughs> Actually, I think he only married once. But, uh, I, I mean, I lost track of him shortly after that, so I don't know what happened afterward. But, um yeah. But my point but, is, but, he, he was putting out all these happens, masculine signals, yeah. but he wasn't actually masculine. That's my point. He he appeared masculine, but he wasn't. Because in my view, masculinity means you actually embody those characteristics. You don't just put off a false signal about them. And yet he was perceived as being masculine. It's the perception. That's what I'm trying to get to. There's a difference between the perception of masculinity, in my view, and actual masculinity. In my view, he was not masculine. In my view, he was a coward. In my view, he had you know, sex was just something to do. It wasn't. It wasn't part of living a joyful existence for him. It was just that, eh, you know, something. <laughs> I, it was false. It was not real masculinity, in my view. Now, is it the masculinity that matches what the media puts out? Yes, absolutely, yes. But is it real? I don't think so. And that's why I asked my original question: What the hell is masculinity? Because <laughs> I think there are a whole lot of people who fake masculinity. Going back to the scenario, so. When he puts out this vibration, yeah. okay, to the universe, the universe responds accurately to it. Yes. Yes. So what I'm trying to say is that the girl who married him, for example, the one individual, um, was well, not looking at what was really being meant. Because the universe listens to what you mean. No doubt about it. Not what you say, okay? I mean, the first so time I ever met her was she, on the day of the was, wedding. She was, that was conning the, herself that oh, this yeah. would work. That was the first day I ever met her was the day of the wedding. I'd never met her before then. And it was clear to me that she was just as superficial as he was. She, she was responding to the superficial cues. She had not looked deeper at all. And so so she was responding it, it to that person. It doesn't take long in a relationship to, to hit the wall and see. Oh, and yeah. To, and, and, because, because when you're going I'm out, I'm surprised it on, took on six months. First, first, <laughs> when you're going out on your first date and all the rest of it, you're bringing your great archetypes to the table. Yes. Okay? You're bringing your knight in shining armor and your your gallantness and all the brilliant things that you do well, and you're bringing those to the table. And then, of course, when you get married, your partner starts seeing all the other archetypes that are hidden in the closet that night come out. Mm. Um, and and that's why I love that Meet Joe Black movie. Um, when he was speaking to death, uh, the, the one guy was speaking to death, and he was talking about his relationship with his wife. And she says, he he um, he says to to um, to the angel of death, he says, um, you know, she loves me even with all my faults. And and the angel of death, which is played nicely by uh, Brad Pitt, mm. says. Um, Oh, what are those? He said, no, 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 that's not one thing. <laughs> that's a great dialogue piece there. But, um, you know, that is how a good relationship is. When they know all your archetypes, mm. everything's out of the closet. And, yeah. and the person still still loves you, still likes you. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and, and that's, that, that's what it is. Because the important thing to understand about any individual is they, they, they don't just sit in one subject. Right. We move around, and as we move around to different subjects, our emotions go, and as, mm-hmm. as our emotions go up, everybody loves you. Mm-hmm. When your emotions go down, everybody mm-hmm. wants you. Actually, I wanted to show you this, Walt. What's that? I thought, I thought it'd be great for the Universal Law of Attraction group to have a look at this and redefine it. Okay. Um, 
Alan, I'm going to try pointing to the camera and see if we can get it. Oops. Can you read that? I see a cat, very urgent, missing something or other. I can't read what it says. Oh, missing. Yeah, oh, okay. Sort of. I could understand it a All little right. bit. I'll, I'll read the rest. It says, please look out for him. He's very friendly and nosy, so I might have wandered into a shed or garage and accidentally got locked in. We have two very sad children who are desperate to know where he is. Mm. Uh, if you see him, please call. Mm. We really miss him. Mm. Yeah. So I was wondering, I was wondering how somebody who is actively, consciously aware of the law of attraction would rewrite that. Oh, dramatically, I would think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I would even try, before I even tried to rewrite it, I think I'd sit down with the kids and, and explain to them how the law of attraction works and get them to decide on a different perspective and then write the new perspective. <laughs> but what are you doing? They put thousands of these around the neighborhood. Thousands, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so falling off walls and they're lying on the floor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't think most people realize, though, that uh, I, well, you have as a great example there. I no. don't think people, I don't think they have any realization at all that what they're putting out there is, please, universe, keep our cat lost. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Do people understand that? Do they get that? No, I don't think because so. Because if you're beginning the law of attraction, this, this might be a bit confusing. So I was thinking how I could rewrite it. So I was starting to look. Please look out for him. He's a very friendly and nosy and might have wandered into a shed, okay, I would have wiped out all that, he's trapped in some place. Okay? Yeah, you got to get rid of don't that need, don't, don't need all the people's thoughts in the neighborhood wandering around seeing a cat locked in a shed or garage. Especially since they don't even know that that's what happened to the cat. No. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, so they're creating this a new is, bad scenario. <laughs> this is now manifesting that they're going to get a cat locked in there, even though it wasn't in before. You know? <laughs> I mean, the, under those situ situations, circumstances, that's where I'm glad to know that cats also have their own perspective of, of attraction. And you don't have to buy into that if they don't want to. That gives me a feeling of relief. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just happy-go-lucky. You're not going to worry about human thoughts floating around the place. <laughs> we have two sad children who are desperate. Now, mm. we, ha we have two children who are, who are dying to get their cat back. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, let's and, remove the word dying. Who are excited to get their cat back. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Mm. Um, and if you see him, please call. Uh, we really miss him. We, we, you know, as I said, we're, we're excited to get him back. Yeah. It, it'll be great if you spot him. There you go. Know. It's, it's you know, all these kind of things. You know, you, you, you rewrite that and you, you get a completely different response. Yes. When I looked at that, I actually, I actually went, you know, and I specifically took a photo of it so that I could bring it here and show how it made me look because and feel because it was like, oh, those poor kids and the desperate to get their cat back. Um, and, you know, once you understand... And that is the reaction. That, that's how that most of us reaction. react. It's like, oh, geez, I feel yeah. so sorry for those kids. Oh, wait a minute. That's not the right thing to think if I want to help them. That, <laughs> that's that's not, that's, exactly. That's not what I must put out to the universal <laughs> law of attraction if I want to get them back. That's right. Oh, dear. Wait a minute. Hold on. The the default behavior pattern, there it is again, that default behavior pattern that we're all supposed to follow because that's what society tells us we're supposed to do is actually working contrary to the idea of getting the cat back. <laughs> yeah. Completely. Completely. That's a great example, though. I like that one. Yeah. Um, does it have a uh, an email address? We can send them an email saying, here's an alternative way of wording it. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a cell phone number. <laughs> Maybe send a text message? <laughs> From America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're on a podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'll leave that apart. I don't want to embarrass them. <laughs> no. it's, it's, it's interesting because... I don't think in all the years I've seen cat posters, and I've seen a lot of them in this mm. area. And dogs. There's a lot of people have got cats. Not dogs. I've only seen Oh, we cats. see lots of dog missing dog posters Ooh. around here. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's, you know, America's a bit different here. In the UK, uh, houses are, especially in London, quite small, so a cat kind of fits the profile much better than a dog. Oh, I see what you mean. Um, yeah. Well. Um, but I've seen thousands of them, and I don't think I've ever seen a Law of Attraction friendly one ever. 
I've seen a couple that came close, but you're right. None, oh. none, none that actually yeah. did a really great job. I mean, the one that I see most often, I, this is the one that drives me crazy. It isn't a poster. It's a television commercial for the American Society to Prevent Cruelty to Animals. Animals, yeah. Oh, and and the, entire, the entire commercial is all these very unhappy caged animals. Hmm. If you're trying to you know, pull your heartstrings and say, okay, give, yeah, yeah. give money because of that. And I'm thinking to myself, you got to be kidding. That's really the message you want to put out there? <laughs> Let's have more uh, animals yeah. unhappy, miserable in cages. That's what we're asking the universe to deliver to us. The the SPCA guy came to my door trying to get me to put a subscription of money in. And uh, I suppose you can gather what the kind of conversation went like between him. <laughs> Let's just say he probably walked away very confused. <laughs> he was running away. <laughs> 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 Uh, I, I was saying things like, why should I give money? Why are you focusing on your, your, your voice is getting so low that we're, that we're, we're losing it. So you got to speak up a little bit. Um, I, I said to him, why, why are you talking to me about all, all the cruelty and the pain and, mm. and, and all the problems? Why, why aren't you talking to me about of how much you're helping and what you've done with all the cats and, mm. and all the rest of it. And, mm. and I said to him, you know, extinction is going to happen. And, you know, maybe even the humans will be extinct one day. And it's just part of it. And you also find new species. Well, that, now, there's a cheery appear. thought, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> hey, another planet, another 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 game. I'm, I'm happy. I mean, planet Earth. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you can only really talk like that when you've come to peace with death. Yes, when you come to peace that you true. are not dead, and that the bigger part of you lives forever. Right. Other any, anybody else who doesn't see that will 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 think I'm the terrible worst person on the planet. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't care about the planet. Mm. <gasps> well, it's doing a damn good job of caring about itself, mm. <laughs> no matter how much we try and destroy it. <laughs> That, that that really sticks out to me a lot and has stuck out to me for quite some time. Yeah, despite all of the most counterproductive efforts of people who claim to be friends of the planet, who are all trying to put out as many messages as they can about how terrible the planet is, the planet continues to thrive anyway. It's really remarkable. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and it's interesting because I had a, a Friends of the Earth friend and over talking to them for years and years, they've abandoned Friends of the Earth and now focusing much more on what they want and are so much happier. <laughs> it's completely changed their lives. But, mm, that's wonderful. You, know, um, you can go back into that group, but you now go back into it with a very much focusing on what you want mm -hmm. aspect. Um, but often people need to go out of those kind of groups so that they can get away from Everything's failing and dying and falling apart and the plastic and, 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 and all the fish and everything's getting caught up and everything dies and, you know, um, it's, that's, that's where I love the question. What do you want? Because yeah. if you get somebody like that who is, is kind of trapped, it turns them around. It well, no, it, around. not necessarily. They have to be receptive to it. They have to be open to the idea at, on some level. If they're not open to it, then it's, it's not going to happen. They're actually going to become very, very, uh, you know, hostile even. They're going to become very frustrated with you. Yeah. But, but if they're open to the possibility and you ask that question and then they give you the answer about, well, uh, I, I'm against the earth being polluted and I'm against the earth, uh, you know, putting plastic into the trash and, and, uh, polluting the water and polluting the air and, and, uh, you know, fracking the oil and all this other stuff. And they go on and on. I say, yeah, but what are you in favor of? And they say, well, yeah, but I'm against all this stuff. And I keep saying, yeah, what are you in favor? I mean, at, favor of, yeah. at, at one point or another, you have to decide, is this a person who is actually going to answer the question or is this a person who's locked into what they're against? And a lot of people are locked into what they're against. And, and that's, that's probably almost as important a realization as realizing that the guy shifted the vibration around. You have to recognize well, well, there's so some people who are just going to stay there. They're just, they, that's what they decide they're going to do. They're going to stay there. Walter, have you noticed that as you've been changing, you see, you meet, you bump into less and less of those type of people? Oh God, yes. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the last time I actually had a personal contact like that. I see them still on Facebook periodically, but not very often. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now, my personal that life. That is the important part. Oh that yeah. Is the important point. I agree that with you. That is the important point. 
I'm trying because to, do me I know as well. Anybody? I mean, I'm almost like, what is well talking about? I haven't bumped into a person like that for so long, I don't even remember. I think the closest I have is, you know, they have degrees of separation, like six degrees of separation. The closest I can think of is two degrees of separation, because Tom Wells, who does the Friday morning show with me and Alex King, um, still knows a number of people who are in the environmental movement, because he himself was a part of that. And he has he has moved his vibration away from that, and he's he's less and less involved, and, he, and that's been a, a topic of conversation for us a number of times. But so every once in a while, he'll tell me about you know, some old friend of his who he reconnected with, who is still caught up in that cycle, and that's the closest I come now. I can't think of anybody closer to that than, than two two degrees away. Certainly, nobody yeah, one yeah, degree yeah, away. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and that's the fascinating thing. It so is when somebody says. Walt, is the world getting better and, and everything going right and, 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 and you know, things are doing, moving forward beautifully for, for the planet Earth? And you'll say, yeah, mm. they are. Yeah. But in the past, you would have said, no, that's oh, falling apart. <laughs> well, I'm not sure I would and, have said that. I, in the past, I think I would have just avoided the question, to be honest. Uh, I, was, I was never really a diehard environmentalist. Because I'm not talking about environmental, but any aspect of it, you know, political... Um, well, that part, yeah, I was totally roped in on that yeah. one. <laughs> that one, I was like, hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> doesn't have to be just about the planet. This no, no, so not at all. But that particular feel one. fallen apart about. <laughs> that particular one, I didn't fall apart about. I fell apart on other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting thing about that. And uh, I don't know, I'm curious to see if you've seen this. Uh, Dan Mangina is Steve Rowell's coach. Steve does the Tuesday morning and Thursday afternoon shows with me. Uh, he's from the UK also. And uh, Dan's his coach. Dan stumbled upon something that apparently got started here in the US. It's a thing called Q Initiative. Have you heard of that? No. I just learned about it over the weekend. Basically, it's a group of people, including one who's an economist that I've known about for about 35 years, um, a professor at George Mason University. But there's a group of them, and they're trying to create an alternative currency. Kind of, sort of like a Bitcoin or a cryptocurrency, but it's not a cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah. It's more like a default, okay. um, uh, what would you call it, a fiat currency. But one where they want to uh, limit the growth of it so that it doesn't create an inflationary cycle, which was mm -hmm. something that was really, really big for me for a long, long time. I was just so anti-inflationary cycles. And of course, I got more inflationary cycles as a result, but I didn't realize that at the time. Um, mm -hmm. And I've since been moving away from that. But nevertheless, I saw this thing because Dan put out a message that said, would you like some free money? And I thought, well, sure, yeah, well, sign me up. Where do I go? <laughs> and a lot of people were signing <laughs> up for it. Apparently, what they're doing is they're rolling this thing out on kind of like a multi-level thing where, you know, you, you bring five people in and then those five people each bring five people in and so forth. Yeah, until yeah, you have yeah. a, and, and then uh, if you get in earlier, you get a larger uh, allocation. If you go in later, you get a smaller allocation. But you still get allocation of this money that they're calling Q money, the letter Q, uh, that they're planning to turn into an active, vibrant money supply. So I, I signed up for it over the weekend. I've got to find my five people. I haven't done that part yet, but I don't think I'm going to have too much trouble finding those five people. <laughs> people like free money. But, but it was fascinating to me because so much of what we hear out there is about the negativity. And I myself was focused on negativity where money supply was concerned for a long, long time. I was very much, I, I wrote a book about it. I wrote a fictional book to explain to people how the money supply works. It was called The Money Suckers. Even the title of the book has this, it, it evokes this feeling of how horrible everything is, right? <laughs> uh, and and most people don't people but, buy that, but well, they didn't. Um, it, it was it was not bought in in small quantities. <laughs> but <laughs> the uh, the point that I'm making is, I, I got worked up about this thing that other people don't even know about. But the fact is, most people don't even understand how the whole thing works, and they are so themselves caught up in their own monetary problems that when presented with something like this, the first reaction most people have is, it must be a fraud. Which is understandable. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of the signals that give that 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 are given to people that they receive that says if somebody is giving away money for free, you, you, it, when somebody's saying they're giving away something for nothing, it probably isn't what it seems like. And so we all kind of buy into that, right? So Dan put it, Dan was smart. Dan put it out to people who were on his list, so to speak, the people who were his his LOA followers. So they were going to be more receptive to it. But you also go to some places where you see people putting it out who are not so selective, and the resistance is really interestingly high. 
well, that can't be real. You know, that, that's, that's just going to be, that's one of those pyramid schemes. <laughs> so here you have somebody who's actually giving away money. Now, it is, the money supply actually hasn't turned into an, a vibrant economic good yet. Now, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to build up the number of people who are involved, and then they're going to take some steps to encourage people to start using it as currency. Um, but it actually hasn't gotten there yet. So there's nothing they can really point to that says, well, this thing really is the next currency. This is going to be the next thing that's going to, you know, help uh, improve economic relations and all this other kind of stuff. And indeed, when I read their, their literature, the literature is really fascinating. The literature is all about all of, well, it's about two things, actually. They, they get part of it right. A large portion of it is about how good this currency is going to be and how it's going to mm -hmm. do these wonderful things and we're going to have... Uh, people are going to get uh, wealthy doing this, and there's going to be lots and lots, a lot of good stuff to it. Hmm. But there's also the reaction that you can just see them, you know, in their minds, kind of feeling like they have to react to the negative comments before they come out. So all these defenses about how it's not going to do this, and it's not going to be that, and it's not going to be this, and it's not going to be that. You wait for them to come up, and then you deal with them. You don't deal with them beforehand. No, definitely not. And then you activate the vibration. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so yeah. You, I, I bring this up to point out it's fascinating. Here's a situation where people are actually getting something they, that a lot of people would like. I want to have some free money. Hmm. And people are offering, okay, here's some free money. All you have to do is just sign up for this thing, and you're going to have free access to this money. You're going to be able to, you know, as the thing develops, you're going to have it to spend and so forth. And on the one hand, people are intrigued by, yeah, I like to have the free money. And on the other hand, they're full of doubt about it. And I think to myself, that's a really interesting dynamic going on there. Because it's not just one thing. It's like it's like a mixture of emotions going on. And I'm wondering, how is that going to play out? And I don't know the answer to that. It's going to be some mixture result. I don't know what the mixture result is going to be. But it's going to be something along that line. It's fascinating to watch. Yeah. Talking about network marketing very briefly, um, I don't know what percentage of America's money comes in from... They started a lot of these network marketings which have gone all around the world. Oh, yeah. A huge portion of money must be coming in from that because I know from um, the network marketing I've been involved in, um, it's huge, 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 huge. So it's open in almost every country in the world. Um, and it started in America, and it's, all that money is being funneled back to mm. a lot of people in America, huge, huge, huge portion. And I, I'm, mm. I reckon it's keeping the American economy afloat to a large degree, the, the network marketing. I don't know. I could be completely wrong. But it would be interesting if somebody who is in the financial sector could actually even look I, into I think it actually – I think you'd be surprised what the result is there. Mm. Um, and, and I say that because it's surprised I, which way? Um, that it's not actually having the impact that you think it's having. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, and the reason is, uh, if you look at economics in terms of the two major kinds, macroeconomics, microeconomics, macro is like... We got, you know, we got, we got one minute level. left. Yeah, yeah we got to be quick. That's true. So I got to do this in 30 seconds. Can I do economics in 30 seconds? Probably not. Well, I'll, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> really, in, in, in the simplest form, when you look at it on a macro level, all it takes is to have one big thing shift, and it looks like there's this massive shift in the economy. But most of that does not get down to the micro level. There are only a very, very small handful of people who are affected by that uh -huh. in a significant way on the micro level, which means most people aren't affected by it. They may see – actually, where some of those are concerned, they're more often to read in the news about how the local attorney general cracked down on that company for some sort of fraudulent practice than they are to actually see a positive result coming out of that money coming in. And I think that's the, yeah, right. it's basically the flaw of countries, the idea that a country experiences something. Countries don't experience anything. Individuals within the countries, communities of people who are on the same wavelength experience things. But countries as a whole don't experience anything. And that's a interesting phenomenon all by itself because that's contrary to what most people think is actually going on. <laughs> so Yeah, that's... Uh, uh discussion for another day yeah yeah i think it probably cool. is yeah but uh, mm. that's right we'll talk about that next monday anyway this has been good kind of free form which has been fun even though we didn't really have any questions from the audience but uh, hey we got to explore masculinity i don't think we've ever done that before <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a new one <laughs> good stuff hey, anything you want to share with people about stuff that that's going on with you before we sign off not not at the moment okay. um for next week yeah uh but today not not at the moment but uh, i wish everybody a fantastic week and have a great time Absolutely. And Cape Diem and seize the day. Go out there and uh, focus on what you want. Great advice. And we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>